Welcome, everybody, to week one of Living the Dream. And we are so glad you're here. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Joseph. And you might be thinking, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking, but you might be thinking, man, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be interesting, but with all the, the stuff going on in the world, isn't there something more pressing? Isn't there something that's a bigger deal right now than in us kind of diving into the story of somebody that's dead, that lived thousands and thousands of years ago? That's a, that's a great question. I, I want you to understand that Joseph is one of the most pivotal stories and characters in God's narrative in the scriptures. In this story, you're going to learn some stuff about God, but you're going to learn some stuff about yourself. And so whether you've joined us in person or you're watching online, you're getting ready to have some aha moments, I think, and be encouraged and find some hope about some of the most pressing stuff going on in your life. And as a side note, it just happens to be um, my favorite story in all the Bible. So there. Hey, if you haven't read this, you need to read it for yourself. Uh, it's found in the first book of the Bible, the Old Testament. Genesis starts in chapter 37, kind of takes a little break in chapter 38, a little of a side note, and then in chapter 39, all the way through the end, chapter 50 to the end of Genesis. If you haven't read the story, read it for yourself. You can download an app called YouVersion, Y-O-U version, which is a, a Bible app. If you don't, it's free if you don't have a Bible, or we give Bibles away in the lobby. Um, and if you're watching online, hey, you know, contact us through the contact button and we'll send you one kind of thing. We want to make sure everybody's got access to be able to read this on their own. But we're going to jump right in. You've kind of saw, seen a snapshot already, but this guy named Jacob had 12 sons. I mean, that's a feat in itself, but it was pretty common way back then. Son number 11 was Joseph. Joseph, at this point in the story, is 17 years old, and he just happens to be Jacob's favorite child. And you can already see there can be some issues with this. I mean, you think, you think you've got an issue with two or three kids and your favorite child. What if you had 12? Right, I'm, I'm just stirring the pot. I, I don't know if you have a favorite child, but this is what the scripture says. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. Look at this. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And some of you are thinking, man, I got that dynamic going on with two kids, right? They couldn't say a kind word to him. It was bad. To make matters worse, Joseph would often kind of go to his dad and report on his brother's bad behavior. Again, he's 17, and so there's some, probably some immaturity there, still, still learning the ropes of life kind of thing. But something interesting happened to Joseph. He had a couple of dreams, a couple of dreams. And, and then he told his brothers and his family about the dreams. Dream number one, and again, you can read all about it yourself, so I'm just going to hit the high spots. Dream number one, he dreamed that he and his brothers were out in the field bundling grain 
And after they got all their bundles of grain bundled up, his brother's bundles of grain bowed low before his own bundle of grain. That was interesting. It was very interesting when he told his brothers. And their response was, what? What, are you saying like in some way you're gonna be like king over us and we're gonna bow before you? Which made things even worse and they hated him even more. Then he had a second dream a little bit later. And this time he dreamed that the sun and the moon and the stars all bowed to him. And this, this is getting kind of dicey. So he tells his brothers about that dream. And, and not just that, he tells his dad and his mom, he tells the whole family. And his dad, Jacob, speaks up at this point. And he goes, Joe, 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 Joe. Come on, man. Are, are you saying that we're all going to bow to you? I think I'd cool it on the dream thing, man. It's just not going to go so well. But the scripture says that in Jacob's mind, he was seriously wondering, what's going on here? Where's this going to go? So things got worse and worse and worse between Joseph and his brothers. Scripture tells us that one day, Jacob sent Joseph to kind of check on his brothers. And his brothers looked out and saw him coming from a distance. And we pick up the story there. As Joseph approached, his brothers made plans to kill him. Here comes a dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him. And throw him into one of these cisterns, one of these empty wells. I mean, that's a little extreme, don't you think? I mean, come on. Dr. Phil can help or something. I mean, let's kill the guy, you know. We can tell our father a wild animal is eating him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Things are getting pretty heated, getting kind of messy. Reuben, the oldest brother, and just happened to be the guy that liked corned beef, sauerkraut, and Swiss on his sandwiches. (laughs) I just made that last part up because somebody's thinking, I didn't know that that's where that came from in the Bible. Did you know that? I didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But the oldest brother, Reuben, he was like, no, 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 no. We can't kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. Let's just throw him in the pit. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll throw him in the pit. And so they threw him in the pit. Then we'll just let him die in the pit of, of natural causes, right? Eventually he'll die. I mean, I mean, it's just eventually he'll starve to death or, or something. Now, Scripture says that secretly Reuben said that because he wanted to come back privately, get him out of the pit, and send him on home to dad where he belongs. But that actually never got to happen. So Joseph's in a pit. Judah, one of the other brothers, kind of had this conversation. He said, fellas, fellas, I'm not even sure if we can let him die. I mean, there's got to be a a different way. I mean, yes, he gets on our nerves and, you know, I'm done with the dreams too. I mean, I'm so sick of this, fellas. I'm with you. But he is our brother after all. So I, I, we can't, I don't think killing him is the right thing to do. And as they were having this conversation, they looked up and saw a group of merchant traders headed their way down the road, headed to Egypt. So they had this great idea. Let's sell him. Let's just sell him. Let's make some money off of him. If we can't do anything else, 
Let's just sell him. That's better than killing him, right? So, so they sold him for 20 pieces of silver, which was the going rate for a brother you didn't like back then. And so they devised a plan to kill a goat, take the goat's blood, put it on that fancy robe that dad made him, take the robe back to dad, because they had to come up with a story. And they told dad, look what we found, dad. And Jacob took one look at that bloody robe and assumed the worst. A wild animal must have torn my son to shreds, and he's dead. What a mess, right? Why, you think you got family issues, right? Joseph is in a pit. Man, that's where he found himself, in a pit. And from there, it just kind of all unraveled. It must have been so confusing down there in that pit, trying to listen in on the conversation between Judah and Reuben and all the dudes, you know. We're not quite sure what he was thinking, but if he's like me and you, he had to be confused. I mean, things were going so well for me up until this point. I was dad's favorite, and I didn't ask to be dad's favorite. I mean, that's all I've ever known, right? I mean, it wasn't his fault that he was his dad's favorite. And the robe, I always thought the robe was kind of cool. I wore it everywhere I went, right? I always thought it was something nice. I mean, I, maybe that's got something to do with why I'm in this pit. Or perhaps he was thinking, man, maybe I should have, maybe it was the dreams. Maybe I should have kept the dreams to myself. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have told them. In this pit, he was wondering, no doubt, what's going to happen to me now? What's going to happen next? I don't really understand why I'm down here, and I don't know how I'm going to get out, much less what's going to happen to me next. Maybe he was assuming the worst, and that it was the beginning of the end for him. Hey, by the way, have you, have you ever been in a moment like that? I mean, not, not like in a literal pit, right? But in a moment where you're looking in your life, and maybe you're there right now, where you're looking around, you're going, I don't know what's going to happen to me next. I'm not sure how I got in this situation. I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of it. And this might be the beginning of the end. You see, a side note real quick, okay? You and I, thousands of years later, have the distinct privilege of being able to look back in time and see Joseph's entire story. And we can read it, right? Genesis chapter 37 all the way through chapter 50. We can read the whole thing and we, we happen to know what's gonna happen next, but Joseph didn't know what was gonna happen next. We have a, a viewpoint of Joseph's story that he didn't have of his own story. We can see something that Joseph couldn't see. Well, let me say it like this. In the pit, Joseph didn't know he was Joseph. He didn't know. He wasn't sitting there in the pit saying, oh yeah, it's just a matter of time, man. I will get out of this thing because I'm the man. And thousands and thousands of years from now, some preacher dude is going to be telling my story. He had no idea. He's just living his life, dealing with what was coming his way, just like you, just like me. And he didn't see his whole story, and you don't see yours either. I, I guess you could say, 
that Joseph was in a, oh, pit moment. Right? We could say that. I think we just did. Now, now listen, I can't take full credit or blame for that. Uh, Austin, our worship director, was in a conversation with him a few weeks ago. And we were talking about that. And he was like, man, it's like Joseph's in an old pit moment. And we laughed. And I was like, I'm going to say that. I'm going to use that. Because that's just good. So thank, thank you, Austin, for that. And I'm sure I'll get an email about it. And I'll forward it to you. You know why that's funny? Because you know what that's about. Joseph was in an old pit moment. What am I doing here? I don't know what's going to happen next, but I assume it's not going to be good. You ever been in an old pit moment? Maybe you're in one right now and you're deep in. And perhaps you find yourself in an old pit moment because of something you did. Sometimes that happens. You make stupid choices, unwise decisions, and you get yourself in a mess, and you have no one else to blame but yourself. I think we've all been there. Maybe that's where you are right now. Hang on. There's good news for you. Okay, Just hang with me. Maybe you're in an old pit moment because of something that somebody else did. Now, now, genuinely, and I know we're all quick to blame and point fingers and, well, they and they shouldn't and they did and it's because of, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about seriously when, when you've had a situation that you find yourself in a mess because of the unwise choices of others, but nevertheless, you're in an old pit moment. I guess we could all assume, regardless of what got us in the pit, that we are there because God has allowed us to be there because he didn't stop it. And maybe that brings up a whole different set of issues. Maybe you're in an old pit moment with your job or your lack of job. Maybe you're in an old pit moment right now financially. I mean, things were going pretty good until a couple of weeks ago and you went to the mailbox and you opened it up and it was like, oh, pit moment. Or, or it broke again, busted. Or it could be that you're in an old pit moment with your health and just got some really bad news or some troubling news. Or, or just some, we're, we're not too concerned about it, but we just need to look into it and run a few more tests. And you already have assumed this is it. Maybe you're in an old pit moment in your marriage you're like no I'm not in an old pit moment I'm in an old pit year I'm in an old pit marriage maybe listen parents you got teenagers and you're in an old pit moment with them or you got little ones and you ain't sleeping and every night's an old pit night right and it just ain't going like the books. Or it's not going the way it's, it went. it's going for all your other friends that you watch on Instagram. You're like, man, I'm an awful parent. My kid's broken. I don't know. I don't know why you find yourself in an old pit moment. Maybe it's just the direction of your life. And everything you touch blows up. And everything that happens to you seems to be just one old 
pit again moment. But when you're in an old pit moment, you think things and you say things like this. You, why me? It's natural. Why me? I'm sure Joseph was thinking, why me? What did I do wrong? Maybe you think you did something wrong. Maybe somebody told you, oh, you must descend. Dude, what'd you do? Did you tick God off or something? Or maybe you're having a little bit more of a spiritual question and thought that says, how could God allow this? Are you going through something right now where you're thinking, how can God allow this? I'm one of the good guys. I'm, I've already, I've, I've done it right. I, I've worked hard. How can anything good come out of this? And I, I hear preachers say that, and you're thinking, I hear it, and then God will, you know, there's a purpose for everything. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I can tell you what you can do with that right now. How could good come out of this? I don't see any good that can come out of this. And I'm trying. You're in an old pit moment. Or maybe you're, you're at the edge of the cliffs of despair, and maybe you've just gone off. And you're going, it, it, I guess it's always going to be this way. Or maybe you've already concluded, I'm not going to make it through this. This is it. It's the beginning of the end for me. I don't know what old pit moment you've been in recently or you're in right now, but if you're not in one, enjoy and take notes because you're going to be again in one of those moments where you find yourself in a deep pit. Maybe you're not quite sure why you're there, but you're pretty sure you have absolutely no idea how you're gonna get out. And I wanna give you some hope. I wanna encourage you. And at this point in Joseph's stories, there are two very clear takeaways that I want to leave you with that you can be encouraged by and find hope in regardless of what old pit moment you find yourself in. So take a picture of them, write them down, remember it, let's go. Number one, in your old pit moment, you need to know that snapshots can't tell the rest of the story. Now let me explain. We do this naturally, we, we do this naturally. I, I do it, you do it, in, in our selfie-driven We've got a powerful camera in our pockets kind of world, you know, and we're just used to taking pictures and snapshots of everything, right? But when you're in an old pit moment, we naturally start taking snapshots. This is what's happening to me. This is what's going on right now. This is where I find myself. And then we start assuming the rest of the story based upon the snapshot. You take a snapshot of the mess you're in and you start concluding things based upon that snapshot. Well, I guess it's always gonna be like this. I guess this is the beginning of the end. I guess this is as good as it's ever gonna get. I guess this is what I got coming. I guess this is the thanks I get for working so hard and trying to be good and you fill in the blank. You take a snapshot. And we conclude and assume the rest. But here's the deal. Listen very carefully. Snapshots can't tell the rest of the story. And there is the rest of the story. You and I so naturally do this, no wonder we find ourselves in despair. 
because you've snapshotted your pit moment, your old pit moment, and you keep staring at it. In fact, you've taken so many snapshots, you've put them up all along the walls of the pit, and you keep looking at it. You're like, just one selfie, one snapshot after another, and you send it to all your friends. Here we go again. You send it to all your family. Here we go again. And you, just, you even tell God, see God, still in the mess. Still God, and see God, I'm still in the pit. When you go do something about this, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Why me? And, and we find ourselves so discouraged and worried and we give up. We resign ourselves to fear and apathy about the future. Listen very carefully. You cannot snapshot your story. It's too big. You cannot snapshot your story. It's too great. Snapshots can't by nature they just can't contain the rest of the story it's just a snapshot so stop taking them especially when you're in the pit i tell you what when you get out of the pit you might want to turn around and take a snapshot of that that's where i was right that's where i was because there always is going to be a was now let me remind you remind remember when joseph was in the pit all he could see was the pit and this conversation going on between Reuben and Judah, and it's like, I don't even like what they're saying. And here's a commotion about some guys that are coming up, and, and there's some kind of trade or sale going on. Either way, nothing he was hearing was good or promising. Past the fact that probably we shouldn't kill him kind of thing. I mean, that was a little good, but Joseph had no idea what was going to happen next. But what Joseph didn't know then, but was soon to learn, is that old pit moments don't last forever. And just because, listen carefully, you're in an old pit moment, it doesn't mean you need to assume and conclude you're going to be living an old pit life. They're not going to last forever. Joseph's old pit moment was not the end of the story for him. And yours, whatever old pit moment you're in right now, is not going to be the end for you. Now, 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 hold on just a second. Now, some of you, this is the first time you've ever really processed anything kind of like this, and so you're just going to have to take my word for it. But for others of you who have been following Jesus for many years, you should know this. This is a reminder because you've been in O-pit moments before, right? So take a second and look back at some of the snapshots you unwisely took back then and concluded. Oh, it's just always going to be this way. Take a look back at some of the old pit moments that you swore this would be it. Have you got those moments where you look back, oh, this is it, this is it, it's over. Our, our marriage is over, our family we're, it's just is split. I mean, this is it, my relationship with my kid, it's over. This job, oh my goodness, it's over. We're never going to climb out of this financial hole. I'll never get better again. This is probably going to kill me. The medicine will never start working. Whatever it is, you look back in the past and you thought it was going to take you out, but here you are. Out of the pit. Out of the pit. At least out of that pit. Now you might be in another pit. <laughs> but you're out of that one. And you, th you thought for sure. And when you were taking snapshots... You thought that was it. But listen, snapshots cannot, cannot, cannot tell the rest of the story. Now, again, 
we have the privilege of being able to see Joseph's whole story. And because we can see the whole story, and I don't want to get too far ahead of what we're going to talk about in the next three weeks, but let's just go fast forward just enough to conclude a second thing. First of all, snapshots can't tell the whole story, but God wants you to be encouraged in your O-pit moment and know this. This is what we've learned. This is what we learned from Joseph's story, that greatness often comes out of a great mess. Greatness often comes out of a great mess. Now, Joseph couldn't see it then. We have the privilege of being able to look back and see that what was going to happen next for Joseph was going to get him in a place where God began to do some incredible things. You see, what happens next for you is always connected to what is happening now. That's important. I'm just not mincing words here. Listen very carefully. We're thinking when you're in an old pit moment, you're wondering about what's next. I want this. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. Well, listen, whatever happens next is connected to what happens now and begins with the place that you're standing in in that old pit moment. Or you could say it like this. Pits always have a purpose in God's plan. Pits always have a purpose in God's plan. We have the privilege of being able to look at Joseph's story and see that what happened next got him to Egypt. And it was in Egypt, and he would never be in Egypt if it were not for the pit. But when he got to Egypt, that's when things started cooking. When he got to Egypt, that's when God started doing amazing things in his own life and ultimately in the life of his family, saved his family in Egypt and saved an entire nation in Egypt. But see, he wasn't in Egypt yet. He's in the pit. And so what we get to see from our privileged vantage point is that in, jo in Joseph's story, which is true for our story and your story too, is that greatness often comes out of a great mess. And when you're in an old pit moment, you're in a great mess. But understand that this great mess will one day lead to greatness. That's just how God works. When you're in a mess, it's like you're in a mystery. You don't know why, you don't know what, but what you begin to discover is that all along the way, God is achieving a masterpiece of his purpose and his plan. You may not know it right now, but one day you'll look back and see it was true all along. Let me say it again. For those of you who have been following Jesus for some time, look back and tell me that you have not experienced some great things out of great messes, that God has not bought great messes out of great messes at some point in your life. Of course he has, and he will do it again. Now, I'm not saying, you know, when people say this, I just like, man, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what kind of thing you're, you're thinking about or because I'm not that spiritual, but you know when people say things like, you know, I'd go through it all over again. <laughs> you smoking, man. <laughs> I wouldn't. Mm -mm. 
No, when your great mess is great enough, if when it's great enough of a mess, you are so glad to be on the other side of it, you're, you just want to leave it in the rear view mirror and get on with whatever is next. And, you know, it sounds real spiritual. I do it all over again. And, and when I hear people say that, I'm not impressed. I'm like, man, you need some medicine. That's what I think. But I do, but I do, I do say this. Now, listen, because I know what people, and I know some of you that say that kind of stuff, it's... And, I'm not saying you're not spiritual. Yes, you're spiritual, you win. Okay, but what people are trying to say is, I wouldn't, and I've, and I've heard people say this, now this I can't identify with. In fact, I'd not, I'd, I don't wanna go back and do it all over again. Oh man, I'm so glad that that's behind me. But I wouldn't trade what I learned and what God did and what God has brought out of it for anything in the world. You see the difference? I don't want to go back to the pit. I don't want to go back to that pit. But the purpose and the plan, the greatness that God achieved out of that great mess back then, I am amazed by and I'm so grateful for. And this is true. Whether you're a Christian or not, God takes great messes and turns them into greatness. It's just true. Maybe this old pit moment you're in right now God is allowing you to be here because he wants to do something so great in the next move, in the next couple of moves of your story. You have no idea yet. You have no idea. You have no clue what God's getting ready to do. It might be that he's getting ready to pull you closer to himself, pull you closer to other people, or maybe he's going to bless you in a way you can't even imagine, right? I mean, and, and, and I don't see how God, I know that's just it. You can't see, and I can't see. But God's track record is he takes great messes and he turns them into greatness. Now listen, I, I, I know this is true because I've lived it and I'm continuing to live it. I look back at the great messes that I have found myself in personally, as a pastor, as a dad, as a husband. And man, the snapshots I took, and I've taken my fair share of snapshots, were ugly ugly. So, so discouraging that I'm like, man, I should just quit. I should just quit. This is just not working. This is not working for me right now. I mean, just look at this. Look at this. It's not going to get any better. And time after time after time after time, has it all, everything all worked out perfectly? No. Do, would I want to go back and do it all over again? <laughs> no. But every single time I've seen God take a great mess and do greatness out of it. So that I'm learning that snapshots, it can't tell the whole story. That's so good to know. The next oh pit moment you find yourself in, or the one you're in right now, and I know what some of you are thinking. Well, how? Okay? How am I gonna get out of this? I don't, I don't know. Okay, when? When is great mess gonna turn into great nest? Cause this has not been an old pit moment. It's been an old pit week. It's been an old pit month. And I feel like it's been an old pit last few years. Maybe so, but it won't last forever. And it's not the whole story. And I can't tell you and promise you when and how and where God's gonna start turning things around. But I can promise you that's his pattern. That's what he does and let it drive you to trust. Let it drive you to trust. Choose trust over despair. Now, listen, we got a lot more to the story to tell.
And, and, and in some ways, it, it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. Okay, but it's going to get better, just like your story is going to get better. And it may get a little worse before it gets better. I hate to tell you that, but that's true for all of us. Or maybe you're on the verge. You're on the verge. You're on the verge right now of not only being out of the pit, but being so amazed what God has done through it and because of it. But I just want you to know, in your old pit moment, be careful and resist taking those snapshots because they can't tell the whole story. And just know, this great mess, God's going to do greatness out of it. Be encouraged. Leave here with hope. And let me pray for you. Father, thank you for telling us the story of Joseph. Thank you for sharing with us the story of thousands of years ago that we can so easily identify with, not because we have 11 brothers where we lived back in those times. But we definitely know what old pit moments are like. And there are a lot of old pit moments represented in this room and those watching online right now. And only they know and you know the depth of those pits. For those of us who can look back and see how you've brought us out of past pits with purpose and a plan, may we hold on to that, knowing that you will do the same again. And for those that have never known and for the first time are discovering, may they remember to be careful not to snapshot because it can't tell the whole story and to look for the greatness that you're going to build and create out of this great mess. We look to you. We trust you. As we find our story and Joseph's story, may we learn that our God is Joseph's God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so next week, here's what's going to happen. Let me just set it up like this. Have you ever done something right and it blew up in your face? Right? Have you ever done something the right way? You know, I did the right thing. I said the right thing. I, I, I know I made the right choice. I did what I was supposed to do and it blew up in your face and backfired on you. If you've ever had that experience or if you're going through something like that right now, then we will find our story in Joseph's story again next week. So you'll want to come back and bring somebody with you because it's going to be very encouraging. We all need it. Before I let you go, let me remind you that since graduations are getting ready to happen and summertime vacations are getting ready to kick off and people going to the beach or the mountains or somewhere in between. I don't know where you go and what you do. Know this, that we think it's great that you go and have a great time with your family and friends. You don't ever need to feel like, oh, no, I, I, you know, we missed church because we were at the beach. Because here's the deal. You can still be engaged even though you can't attend you can take us with you wherever you go. On our app, our website, you can watch live on, during the times when the services are being broadcast, or you can watch on demand all week long and stay up to date and stay engaged even though you can't attend. And you can do like me and my family do, is we automate our giving all throughout the year. So whether we're here or there, it just automatically 
comes out at the same time every month. You know, just, it's just a great way to use technology to stay engaged with what's going on in the life of the church. So we invite you to join us from wherever you are. And knowing wherever you are, we're there too. And have a great summer as you come and go. We'll see you next week. Bye.